Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the only podcast that shows that science and faith can work together in harmony <laughs> if you believe and also don't care about science at all whatsoever. I'm yeah. one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. The other host, Dan Ludwig. And we're doing another episode of Parental Control, the miniseries where we talk about uh, we bring on guests to talk about shows that we associate with our parents. Either a show that was your parents' favorite when they were a child, your parents' favorite when you were growing up, or your parents' favorite show now. No one's taken us up on the parents' favorite show now. Uh, anyway, we have a very special guest. I'm very excited for this one. We started this miniseries with Dan's sister. We're closing it with my sister, Mickey Schneider is with us for the second time on this show. Mickey, hello. Thank you. With, welcome hello. for being on the show. Hi, little sister. Hello. What's going on? Hello, big brother. Um, I'm on. Do you really know? I'm on um, holiday break from being a teacher, so I am very relaxed and calm. It's great. This is fun. This is going to be great. It's a it's a Zoom call or it's a call between Mickey and I where we're not just going to shit talk our parents. Like, <laughs> I mean, we might a little. Yeah, I think that's the core that's premise: is that we're here to shit talk your parents. If you don't do that, there is no show. I mean, the show that we're going to talk about is shit talking our parents enough. Yeah. The fact this... that she even watched this show. Oh shit! It's that I'm named after it. Oh, you okay? Yeah, you 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 got you got to the punchline. I want to say your name right. again, Michaela. So, like, I spent like a full day coming up with uh like shows about dad right i came up with tons of dad shows and dad movies mostly the a-team i really just wanted to talk about the a-team uh but dan you and i can talk about the a-team at any time and then all of a sudden like mickey my sister michaela just reminded me sent me a text and said reminded me you know i'm named after dr quinn right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so did you send some angry texts after watching this show yeah, like, how, how fucking okay, dare I had, you? I had like two thoughts. Like at one point I was like, yeah, mom mom was like, she wants her to be a badass, independent woman. Like, go girl. And then I was like, what the fuck, mom? <laughs> like, and then in one episode, they just said her name, like almost in every sentence. It was like, Michaela, Michaela. And I was like, did that word just get stuck in her head at some point? Like, I'm glad. heard it so much. I'm glad that you ask that question Michaela first off I do want to say you are so lucky that it was like illegal in the 90s for characters to be different at the end of a show than they were at the beginning of the show right because now now we have like the Khaleesi rule do not name your child after a TV character while that TV show is still on the air because it can go back it can backfire on you real hard right True. you're yeah. so lucky that that shit didn't happen like what if in like season six, Dr. Quinn should have like just turned to the camera and said, oh, by the way, I don't think Jews should be able to own property. <laughs> <laughs> and you're four years old at that point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like how fucked would you have been? Uh, but, but, okay. It's a good thing I don't go by Michaela, I suppose. <laughs> but okay, okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. So most of the time we have the guests choose the episode. This time I chose the episodes we were doing for us. 
Uh, and I chose the episodes that we did for two reasons. So we're doing season two, episode five, Saving Souls. And we're doing season six, episode 18, Birdman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Birdman episode I chose because I literally typed in, I looked into Google, list of worst Dr. Quinn episodes. <laughs> That's and our standard move, is whenever we have to watch a show we don't know, we just go, we just Google that. I'm not being fair to this show. I'm not giving it a fair shot. M- Michaela, you've given it, Mickey, you've given way more of a fair shot than I have, because you went above and beyond what was asked. Anyway, so I, I looked for a list of the worst episodes, and Birdman was on several of those lists, and of the ones on that list, it seemed like it would be the funniest one to do. Uh, it was that, or the one where everybody in town gets involved in a circus. Like, has to learn circus performing. So, I think I may have made the wrong choice. Uh, And the reason why I chose Season 2, Episode 6, Saving Souls, I'm sorry, Season 2, Episode 5, is because that episode originally airs November 13th, 1993. A a, a month and a week before you are born. (laughs) Before you're born. And so, I'm doing the math here, basically. And I was trying to figure out... Okay, so you're born in December. That means uh, nine months before that is March. Uh, that's the end. And so give it a month probably before mom finds out she's pregnant. So it's probably April, April, May, by the time she's like getting ready. That is when season one of uh, Dr. Quinn ends. So by the time like all pregnancy is confirmed and everything and getting ready for a baby, season one of Dr. Quinn is over. And I started trying to figure out what episode was it? What was mom watching when she decided, this is it. This is what I'm going to name my daughter. And well, there's a, without asking mom, there's a non-zero chance it was this one. I know that a month is like a long, t- a month out is a long time, you know, b- to wait to, before settling on a name. I'm sorry I did not remember this. I was five. I had my own shit going on. <laughs> Uh, I just started kindergarten, so that was a big thing. Uh, so, I don't know. It's also possible, you know, there are summer reruns. And I'm kind of ignoring that for the sake of the bit. But there's a, like, like, one in eight chance it was this episode. I feel like you're passing on cursed knowledge of what TV show your parents were watching when she was conceived. Like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is something we should not know about ourselves. I mean, mom's whole story, though, was that she was watching because I'm born, you know, in December, two weeks before Christmas and all of the season stuff comes out. And she said she was watching the Dr. Quinn, like Christmas episode and then was like, I'm going to name her Michaela. Um, So we probably could have just asked and watched the Christmas episode. (laughs) But let's edit that out. So Marty's thing is more powerful. Hang on. Hang on a second. I'm not but that say- could also just be a lie. I'm not saying mom is lying. Uh, I don't remember the timing that you were born. Because, But that said, it could be true because uh, Mike's Dream, A Christmas Tale, the Christmas episode, season two, episode 11, airs on your birthday, on the day you were born. So it sort of depends. I think she would have been in the hospital giving birth to you, you know, probably not watching CBS at the time. But she said she watched it at the hospital. Wait, Marty, did you just okay. any background on this? <laughs> no, Michaela, do you want to tell story? us the fucking story? Yeah, because I'll Marty is pulling you. it out no. of his ass here. 
It was Marty's actual, it was his Christmas performance or holiday performance at the school. You know, it was at the school or elementary school and mom went into labor with me at the elementary program and then they went to the hospital and mom watched Dr. Quinn and her, like during like labor before I was ready and then while she was watching it, she just decided to name me Michaela and then gave birth to me. So I destroyed your your thing and then was named Michaela. I mean, maybe, that's maybe, the story I was told. Okay, okay, that's possible. It's possible. You might, she might have been in labor for a long time. We should we should like mom should have some say in this. But call her. Somebody text the, her right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're selling because, this because and and the reason I say this is because Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman aired like Saturdays at eight. Oh, that's true. So it aired on a Saturday. So she maybe she went. It's possible that we had the the school play on a Friday. She goes into labor on a Friday. She still give. I'm just saying. There's some, what we need to do is look at a calendar from 1993. If only there was some way we could do this. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm gonna say calendar. she was thinking about it. I'm. <laughs> You know, I'm not 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 to take the mystique out of it. It's a sweet story. I like the story, but I'm gonna say mom was thinking about it probably around this time. I think it's probably. Convenient. All right, so saving souls airs November. I also 18th. could have just made that story up. <laughs> no, I've I've said. also heard that story. I have also heard that story. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus! So uh, this is we... good. This is fun. We're doing some good shit. <laughs> what you got, in... Dan? Before we jump into the specific episode, how did everybody feel about this television program that we all watched? Best sigh acting I've ever seen. <laughs> just everyone sighs a lot. Just so much sighs. Sigh acting everywhere. A lot of, oh. lot of sighing and a lot of wistful looks off into the distance. A lot, yes. a lot of shrugs, too. A lot of, like, looking at each other across the room and being like, I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's going on? I don't know. And then shrugging at each other. This People in episode. this show love to be deep in thought. <laughs> My other question is, if she's the only doctor in that area, like, how long does she spend on a case? Because, geez louise, I'm sure someone has consumption at this point, and she's over here, like, spending four days on this person. Johnny like, Cash does. Johnny Cash has consumption. He does. I looked this up. That, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's the other reason I chose this episode, is because Johnny Cash! <laughs> Johnny Cash... The I, second time that we've covered a Johnny Cash performance on this show. I might hate Johnny Cash as an actor. I might oh, fuck. he's crap. He's so bad because he just sings all of his lines like a dipshit. <laughs> well, oh, I'm the local gunslinger. Like he's doing <laughs> like he's pretending to be a ghost. I Normally I do a one sentence summary from Wikipedia. There is no one sentence summary. Uh, every single... Uh, like description on Wikipedia here is a fucking paragraph long. So I'm going to do the first describes the show. Yeah. It's I'm, way too long. <laughs> I'm going to do the first sentence of this. Uh, Saving souls airs November 13th, 1993 written by directed by James Keach, who is only like notable for being Stacy Keach's younger brother. When, si when sister Ruth McKenzie, a traveling faith healer comes to town, Horace's gout is healed, but Dr. Mike is not impressed. Johnny Cash returns to reprise his role as Kid Cole. So this is the, like, apparently not the first time. Uh, it's actually the second part time of four that Johnny Cash has shown up as a bounty hunter. Um, yeah. So I will say 
I was so on board with this show for 30 of its 40 minutes. I was deeply on board. I was like super interested in this. I understood. Like it's boring. It's not a very interesting show, but I, I got the appeal. There was a thing in the 90s about like having Westerns, but like with none of the violence or subversion of Westerns, just kind of home. I understood it. I was a little interested in the story and I was interested in the, in the stance that it was taking. And then the last like 10, 15 minutes of this show takes a hard left into assholeville and does one of the like shittiest, like most cowardly things I've ever seen a television show do. And basically calls into like question the entire existence of its main character. So can I just want to briefly describe the arc of this, which is um, they have a they have a priest in a church and it's like fairly low key. And then a new preacher comes into town and is like, everybody needs to be way more religious. And then normally in a normal show, they would there would be a thing where either she'd be revealed to be like a con woman or it would be like. No, we don't need to be more religious. We all just need to calm down. And instead, they're like, thank you, lady, for teaching us all to be way more religious. You were totally right. Yeah, it wasn't even just be way more religious. It was it was like, if you don't believe hard enough, you know, then you're going to stay sick. And Dr. Quinn's like, science. And then at the end, she was like, science, kind of. It's so bizarre because... <laughs> This show for the first half is very clearly setting up Sister Ruth as being a con man. It is sh- yeah. it is shot and written the exact ways that that a con man would. When it doesn't work, she makes up an excuse and blames. Doc- oh, fuck it, we're we're we're, do- we're going beat by beat here. Opens up, opens up in the church, and everybody's really bored. Actually, hang she on jazzes a sec- that shit up. Hang on a second. Let me go ahead, and for people who do not know what this show is, let's go ahead and describe oh, yeah, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is a uh, was a drama that aired on CBS for six seasons and two movies. Yeah! Two movies? Two movies. Two like made-for-TV movies. Wow. And it is a Western about a woman named Dr. Michaela Quinn from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, who is a doctor... Uh, and she goes to Colorado Springs, uh, hoping to, you know, open up a practice there. I guess in the first episode, uh, she's working for her father's medical practice and her father dies. And that's why she goes out to Colorado. Uh, and so she arrives in Colorado Springs in 1867. She's the only doctor in town. And I guess the entire show is based around a lady doctor. Round of Rimmerflower. And and so and so it's it's a doctor show. We've talked on this show why doctor shows work. Doctor shows work really well because you can bring in guest stars and have them show up, mix shit up, and then leave immediately, either by dying or getting well and going away. Uh, and that's basically the concept. But it also kicked off a whole slew of uh, Christian but not Christian TV shows, like shows that aired on like CBS and were branded like family stuff. And just kind of flew under the like chicken soup for the soul radar of, of, of Christianity, you know, stuff that's like, no, it's just family themed. This and, has uh, touched by an angel energy. It inspired touched by an angel. And in fact, if I remember, uh, if I remember right. Another show mom loved. <laughs> <laughs> she had taste, uh, by, by which I mean a specific taste. 
Yeah, and, and if I remember right, actually, there was a period of time when they aired back-to-back. I think Dr. Quinn was the lead-in show to Touched by an Angel. I also think Jane Seymour, who is Dr. Quinn, was also in an episode of Touch. I feel oh, like she was almost also certainly. on that show. Almost certainly. What What is that show about? Is it just like people are like, I have problems, and then an angel shows up and is like, magic. Yeah, it's... the idea, I think, too, for both of these shows is like we're progressive Christians. Mm-hmm. We believe in all these things, but also no, like and you can see that in the episode. It's kind of the like, we don't care about your lifestyle, but we're going to be nice to you, even though we still think you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh... it's like under the guise of like kindness, but also you're not you're not a good Christian. <laughs> Doesn't matter that you're a huge piece of shit. We're here for you regardless. Are you? Yep. Longtime listeners of the show might be a little bit confused hearing me say this. Uh, so, Mickey and I are Jews. We were not raised Jewish, though. Uh, we were not raised in the temple. Uh, and our mother had, let's say, a wide variety of religious experiences and beliefs <laughs> while we were growing up. So Yeah, we'd watch Charmed <laughs> and then this. Yeah. And or like Buffy, and then this. I think I think mom mom did get into like Wiccan and paganism just briefly, like yes. the most the most like yes. like bare bones ideas of it. So it was all over the place in our household. So yeah, this was, was this was during one of those. How that transition happened, where she was like, "Well, Doctor Quinn's kind of winding down in terms of plot interest. Charmed is picking up. Let's go for some Wiccan shit." <laughs> Uh, Timeline-wise, really that on, does fit. I'm really the digging t- on this Wyatt character. Let's go on paganism. T- t- Timeline-wise, that does that does track. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so it starts off this episode. Everybody's in church and they are bored to tears uh, thanks to this like handsome wet rag that is the Reverend. <laughs> He looks like if you shoved him slightly, he would fucking die. <laughs> and he he basically does roll over like a bitch for this one. Like, he walks in, a woman, he's wrapping it up. He's like, okay, have a good Sunday, everyone. And then a woman comes in, a mysterious woman comes in and says, hey, everybody, we need to sing a hymn right now. And he's like, uh, okay. And then everybody sings that old time religion. We're all having a good time and great you know, good times great oldies and then she everyone goes oh yeah that's that lady who's like running the cart that does the street revival outside of town and you know, she does the speaking in tongues she does the whole, she, doesn't, she doesn't literally speak in tongues but she puts on the whole carnival barker shtick uh she brings up horace who i guess is the town's local idiot <laughs> like both of these episodes revolve around horace fucking stuff up for everybody who has gout and claims to like heal his gout with the 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 teachings of the Lord? Very was it Jerry Falwell? The stuff stuff that like televangelists did really heavily in the eighties and nineties. She practically does a soft shoe routine up there. Yeah, and that's that's the main plot. There are there are three different plots to this episode. Yeah, it's too long. That's, it could have been ended in a 20-minute snippet. That is plot A, okay? <laughs> that is plot A, which is that, okay, there's a, a faith healer in town, and Dr. Mike is getting pissed off. Like, there's a good little showdown between the two of them. Uh, where I do slightly love that they call her Dr. Mike. Yeah. I was like, get it, Dr. <laughs> Mike. And then towards the end, they're like, in the, 
I know we're getting to the next episode, but then they call her Michaela, and I'm like, nah, go back to Dr. Mike. That, that shit, that's, that's the best. <laughs> Dr. Mike sounds like a mildly sketchy YouTuber. Where he's like, like, Dr. Mike, I'm going to give you some tips on how to stay healthy. Also, buy my vitamin supplements. We've had a fake YouTube doctor on this show before. Dr. Ner- <laughs> Dr. Nerdlove is not actually a doctor. <laughs> no, I-, I made that mistake of asking if he was a doctor, and he was very firm on not, not being one. Do- Dr. Nerdlove is, no- is not a doctor. I think Dr. Quinn has the PhD in serving sass in this episode is all I'm going to say. She's fucking badass. Like, she's great. There's there's a little stand down. They first meet and and Dr. Mike says, you know, I'm the town's local doctor. And Sister Ruth McKenzie goes, oh, it's always nice to meet another healer. And Dr. Mike gives her this bitch look. Well, okay. I'm going to push back on that all because Dr. Dr. Quinn does do some exceptional side-eyeing at this lady. But then also the lady does whatever the fuck she wants. Where oh, she's, like, she's like, I'm going to completely fuck up everything. And Dr. Quinn is like, mm, you're a real, like, just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's so great of you. Thank you so much for helping out. But then like, doesn't do anything as this lady just runs roughshod all over her. She does have the great line though, of the like, I'm not your sister. Like she gets <laughs> Like Doctor Quinn is serving that. She she gets there eventually, but what has to happen for that for her to get there is that Sister Ruth has to almost kill a child. Oh yeah, yeah. But before then, Doctor Mike is just kind of like crossing her arms and doing the like Marge Simpson (laughs) noise, just kind of like getting irritated. And then a couple of scenes later. a child is like having an asthma attack. Child is is asphyxiating on the table, and Doctor Quinn is helping her and says, "Wait a minute, what is going on? We were keeping her her uh, asthma under control." And somebody tells Doctor Quinn that Doctor Ruth, Sister Ruth, took a hat to like the immigrant caravan outside of town where all of these Swedes who barely speak English are, and. Uh, passed around a hat and told them they don't need their medicine anymore and stole everyone's medicine from the immigrant camp. Not yeah. just this this little girl, but yeah, so there's a 14-year-old girl who is dying of <laughs> asthma, a very treatable illness. And so so that and and that is what is required for Dr. Mike to get to a level of sass where she's like visibly angry. That's plot A. Yeah. <laughs> plot B is that Johnny Cash is in town. He's the bounty hunter, Kid Cole, and she and he wrestled up some horse thieves and he shot one of them. And so Dr. Mike has to check out the guy that he's shot so that he can live so he can collect the bounty, but his brothers are coming into town to get him back. This sounds interesting, it's not. It's it's not interesting at all. And then plot number 3. <laughs> plot number 3. Is that uh, we get a very I like this scene early on. There's a, a a sweet scene of a man named uh named Robert E. And I do want to just pause here. I want to make it clear. Robert E. is a black man. His character is that he's a former slave. I'm sure they explained this before. Why the fuck is he named Robert E.? And everyone refers to him. Last week we talked about a car named the General Lee. This is a man. 
This is a former slave. I'm sure they explain it in the episode, but I just got to say. And, they, and nobody calls him Bob. Nobody calls him Robert. Just They always say Robert E. all the time. It's really weird. I for, It took me a sec. When I was reading the Wikipedia summaries, I literally at one point was like, apparently Robert E. Lee was a character on this show for a couple of seasons. Yeah. It, it took me a sec to even register it as the possible name of a black man. <laughs> Is his, is his name actually Robert E. Lee? Is that his last name? God, no, I hope I, not. I just kept seeing Robert E. And it was like, Robert E. enters a boxing match. Robert E. has this interpersonal drama with somebody. And I was like, apparently he was running around causing a bunch of shit in, my, in Dakota at this time. So, yeah. So Robert E., who is a former slave, now lives in Colorado. Uh, he proposes to his girlfriend, Grace, who runs the local cafe. So, And it's a sweet moment. Like, he puts the the ring in the water. I liked this scene. I was on board for Robert E. Uh, so Robert E. and Grace are getting married. And they want to get married in the town church. Which causes a problem. Because they're black. Yeah. And there's a moment where the reverend comes. They invite the reverend in to their restaurant. And the reverend goes, hey, great. I can't, I'm can't. i happy you're getting married. Where do you want to get married? Outside? In the rain? How about... <laughs> How about over in, in like the town shack? How about over there? You <laughs> what if get we do married? it in the woods? It would be pretty cool if we did it very far away from any human eyes. I would love <laughs> to marry you guys. And so, and and that that is plot three, plot C going on. Mickey. You... So Dr. Mike is running around <laughs> and she is like, not only do I have to convince this pastor to let my friends get married in a church, but also now I have to go like deal with this sister lady who's now telling people they don't need their medicine. It's the whole plot of this thing. It's Dr. Mike is the only one who's like, the fuck is happening in this town? And I've it got and I've got this asshole, like... this bounty hunter asshole who oh, is and the bounty hunter, yes. Who is clearly dying. He's clearly yeah. dying yeah. of consumption and he wants to die. And he's coughing up blood all the time, but she but he won't like he won't like let her treat him. Not because of sexism, but because he's just an asshole. No, because he's like, I want to die. I'm. This is a weird form of suicide. Like, he's like, I don't... Yeah. yeah. This episode is very weird. It's like super... Like, each one of these plots should have just been their own episode. And it's like they just crammed them all together. And made it like the most frantic yet slow episode I've ever seen. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and Dr. Mike running around helping all these people is also kind of mixed in with Dr. Mike fucking hates all of these people's guts. She is yes, so absolutely from like scene one. She is sick of all of these people's bullshit. She doesn't come in and be like, Hey, what's going on? Oh, I can't wait to be like, I'm, I'm happy, but later I'm going to be disappointed with your actions. She walks into like the first scene, like, what did you fucking do now? You fucking idiot. It reminds me of the latter seasons of parks and rec. The, the later season of Parks and Rec where just like Leslie's just so mad at this town of Pawnee. If she still keeps trying to help everyone in Pawnee. She's Leslie noping this shit up yeah. half the time. That is a very good. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Anyway, <laughs> I have to go over here now. Anyway, I, 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 have, I, have, a, I have it written here in my notes. Uh, Dr. Quinn is having a very frustrating day. <laughs> <laughs> to to dial in on one specific plot, when um when Robert E and his girlfriend ask to be married in the church, the reverends answer why he can't do it. He's like, listen, I would love to marry you in the church. I think it's great. All the principal cast thinks you're great. 
one problem. Everybody here is racist as shit, so we can't (laughs) do that. And, like, they get into a whole argument of, like, well, you have a moral obligation to do it. It's the right thing to do. And he's like, agreed, but racist. (laughs) Everybody here is so, like, basically dialing and very clearly, like, just to be clear, this place fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, the whole show is, like, everyone fucking sucks in this town. Like that's the whole show. Yeah, it, it's in every episode. So this town sucks. Yeah, I think I think yeah. now is a good a, as good a time as any to talk about Sully. Can we talk about? Oh my Sully? god! Everything oh, can... about this character is so <laughs> ridiculous. Before, before we dig deeper, Mom was obsessed with Sully. Can can I and... can I read you guys something I found about Sully? I was on the Wikipedia page for the first episode. And the the Wikipedia, not the fandom.net page for the first episode. Um, Sully is a reclusive... Uh, let me do that again. Sully is a reclusive loner who befriended the neighboring Cheyenne and adopted their ways following the death of his wife and daughter during childbirth in 1865. Parentheses. He is also a sensitive hunk who throws a mean tomahawk. <laughs> so, somebody's mom wilded out on wikipedia and stuck it through (laughs) so many moms were horny for uh the character of sully so sully is he's played by an actor named joe lando uh and joe lando clearly thought he was going to have a bigger career than he had uh and everything about this character is so ridiculous he's a mountain man he's basically like, Dances with Wolves was really popular when this show started, and Last of the Mohicans, so he's a white man who spent enough time among the natives that he has adapted their tan. ways. Yeah, yeah. And so he's always wearing loincloths and leathers and spray tan, and he's got long, wavy Fabio hair, and so it's it's sort of that, like, he, 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 do, he basically plays the role that any native character would play if you had a native character, but he's white, so it's non-threatening. Hold on. We this we, this is a jump skip. My friend and I were like just really upset about the Soli characters. We watched another episode to see if we could find any other like accurate representation and we found an episode and the person who is indigenous or is supposed to represent um the tribe, they have no lines. They just sit <laughs> and stare. Is it in this episode? Is it uh, zero lines? I, I, somebody kept popping up on the Wikipedia. Uh, Cloud Dancer <laughs> is there's a guy named Cloud Dancer that comes up a lot. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, he's from what I can tell, he's like evil Sully, which isn't great. Okay, then maybe not this person. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but all they did was, uh, we were just like, really? Okay great so so sully and and so many moms ours included lost their shit for sully i did some background research and uh sully's not in season six a little bit that he was he was uh on some con the actor was in some contract negotiations so they had sully off the screen going on like a secret mission for the government or something uh and replaced him with a town sheriff who is nowhere near as interesting or handsome as Sully. Uh, but at this time, like when, when rumors of the show being canceled, the fan groups 
called themselves Save Our Sully. Not Save Our Show. <laughs> they had given up on the show at this point. They just wanted more Sully. And to be to be honest, I think I get it. Because, you know, cultural appropriation aside, we put that aside. As far as I can tell, Sully's only role on this show is to be a stupid hunk of beefcake who says, yeah, after everything that Dr. Mike says. That's that's kind of his role. And, like, I get it. All right. Women of the 90s. I understand why this is what you wanted. I, 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 I do, an alter- Ask for more. Ask for more women of the 90s. An alternate theory for Mickey's naming is maybe your mom was like, listen, it's too late for me to end up with a hunky white guy who cosplays as Native Americans. But you, my daughter, you can do it. There's still time. And then she has a lesbian for a daughter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so didn't pan out. No. <laughs> she did not read the room effectively. More like she didn't read the womb effectively. Hey. <laughs> uh. Well, we're punning hard tonight. Uh all right, I, I'm, I'm going to skip around through this shit. But what I want to get at here is all of these all these things are coming to a head. Uh, Kid Cole is flirting with Sister Ruth in a very weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, Sister Ruth is coming on to him heavily, and it is gross. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, explain that face you're making. <laughs> the fact that, uh, I guess I didn't catch that. And then when you were like, oh, they were flirting, and you was kinda, I was like, Oh yeah. What do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like she, she, she culminates the episode by being like, "Don't fight these men. I love you, you old goat." And God, oh, what, wouldn't yeah, it be great if he had fucking died just then? Wouldn't it be great if, like, after after he finally is like, "Yes, please treat me. I want to live. I've forgiven myself for my sins." And that's that's part of their their whole thing is like. Uh, they clearly like each other. Sister Ruth keeps saying, "You can uh, f- please forgive yourself." I might yourself. have zoned out. We can, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's, fine. that's pretty normal uh, on this. I've watched this episode like two or three times now. Uh, we were supposed to do this episode months ago, and then Mickey got got sick, and so we had to delay it. Uh, so I've watched this episode like two or three times now, and it took three times to catch a lot of this because it's so fucking benign and like boring and beige. It's just the color beige for. 45 minutes but anyway whenever johnny cash did a monologue about how he is a uh how he is a huge piece of shit that deserves to die i just want to be like can you do you have any examples of stuff you've done maybe before i become sympathetic to you like he shot a man that didn't have no gun dan he shot a man that didn't have no gun he says it four or five times and (laughs) Eventually, eventually, it's Sully who's like, "Hey, man, did you did you know he didn't have a gun?" And Daddy Cash's like, "No." Then I feel like you, you, it's a gray area, man. <laughs> Johnny Cash anyway. doing the "I shot a kid" monologue from Die Hard. <laughs> There's only one thing they teach they don't teach you in the academy, and that's how to live with a mistake. How to live with a mistake. <laughs> we referenced that monologue from <laughs> Die Hard at least once a season. Anyway, so Johnny Cash, uh, so that that's what's going on with them. Meanwhile, also, at one point in time, everything kind of comes to a head as everyone meets up at Sister Ruth's revival meeting. 
Dr. Quinn goes to check out and be like, okay, what's going on here? Like, everyone's getting there. And everybody's cheering and clapping and, pr- and say, saying hallelujah to the Lord. Most notably, black people are there. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, e, Robert E. and Grace are both there because they're welcome at this church. They're allowed mm-hmm. to be here at this church. And so it's appealing to everybody. Dr. Quinn is there. The Reverend is also there to take a look at what's going on. Uh, and... Kid Cole shows up, even though there are men there who are also trying to kill him. And there's a kind of a funny bit where the men who are there to kill Kid Cole show up and Sister Ruth shoves them down. It's like, okay, take your seats. We're starting the church meeting. I thought that was kind of funny. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> we, we Sister Ruth performs another miracle. She pulls up an old man who is deaf in one ear, uh, deaf in his left ear, and says, okay, by the power of the Lord, you are healed. And he goes... Ah, uh, no, nope, I still can't hear shit. I can't hear anything out of this ear. Then you need to believe harder. <laughs> no, I'm believing pretty hard. I've always believed in God, and I still can't hear out of this ear. It's very funny. And then she says, well, that means there's someone among us who does not believe in the power of the Lord to heal. And the old man just turns and narks immediately. He's just turned around, oh, yeah, that's Dr. Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they cast so <laughs> So Sister Ruth is pulling both the Santa Claus and the Tinkerbell effect. Yes. Which is like the end of Elf, where it's like the dad's not singing the song. <laughs> yeah. It, she it, Again, she is not, she does not turn out to be evil. At the end, they're like, thank you, crazy preacher lady. Which, like, they set it up so much. So I have, I have to ask this question. Do we think that Sister Ruth actually heals Horace's gout and the old man's hearing problem. Do we think that she actually heals him? More importantly, does the show seem think that she actually does this? Because Horace doesn't start limping again and that old man doesn't like get his like hearing aid out again. So like I does the show the show seems to actually believe that she can do this. Do we believe this? <laughs> it it feels like halfway through like they were in the process of filming this episode and then somebody from the studio showed up and be like you do realize that the people that watch this show totally believe in faith healing right you realize you can't really do a faith healing is bullshit episode you're pissing in our demographics mouths so bail on it and dr mike in the middle of it is like what about all these other beliefs right? right and so like faith healing is something that's amongst a lot of cultures um and she does say like let's you know she's like what about if you don't believe in this or you don't do that but like i i feel like the show took a hard turn right at this point where it's like you need both yeah have faith and science and like let's appeal to everyone which is like how i think those shows at that time they it's a show that's like we really can't take a stand on one thing or another so we're just gonna say Yes, it's they, so weird. They, they sound like they're taking a stand. Like in that in that question, when uh, Doctor Quinn calls around and says, "Hey, guess what? We got like we have the Cheyenne. They don't believe in your God. You know, yeah, we have yeah. a lot of people there who who are this. Who heals them? And then Sister Ruth kind of says, "Well, you do." And it's the same bullshit. Like if you've ever like done like a sixth grade, if you've ever spoken like a critical sixth grader at a youth group, this stuff happens all the fucking time. Like, oh, uh, the 
the the Lord healed your cancer. No, the doctor healed my cancer. Oh, but the <laughs> yeah. Lord gave the doctor the ability. It's such a boring, stupid like re- rhetoric. Uh, it's it's using the the test to verify its own results. And at that point, you're just like, it's it's done. It's done. And this all culminates in this episode um, when Kid Cole gets punched in the chest during the like one and only kind of fight in this episode. He gets punched in the chest and he's bleeding out the mouth. Uh, sister or, and Dr. Mike has to inject him with like a needle and pull some blood out as, out of his lungs. You're you both looking at me like I'm the only person who watched this episode. I might as well, have been. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm completely. I'm I'm enwrapped. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what happened next, Marty. <laughs> so he's I was like, what? so he what? so he's dying I on the table. Refuse to rewatch this. He's dying on the table, and uh, Doctor Quinn is is operating on him, pulling blood out of his lungs, pulling a needle in there, and Sister Ruth shows up. And it's like, you need to live. You got something to live for. Live for me, you dummy, or something like this. And then Dr. Quinn, completely out of character, is just like, I need you to pray. So so Sister Sister Ruth is sitting there praying to the Lord to guide Dr. Quinn's hand. And Dr. Quinn does, in fact, like save Johnny Cash's life. It's up for debate, I guess, if Sister Ruth actually did anything. But according to the two miracles she already performed, maybe she can, according to the show. So I just at yeah. this point at this point in time, like Dr. Quinn should be losing her mind. She should be shaving her head and contemplating suicide. Because everything she thinks about should be thrown into complete question. Like everything about her entire existence is questioned right now. I mean, but does she heal them? Like the guy still can't hear and like what was it gout like it could just be the medicine that dr quinn and maybe that's like the show wants you to think about that's, it that's that's know. my point is that like the, the 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 old man does say oh look i can hear and horace does say oh look i can walk and they never go back remember sister ruth is never shown to be wrong and i'm sure I, yeah that's I feel like it, I feel like Dr. Quinn's internal monologue is her going like, oh, I'm learning the importance of the placebo effect. Like, she's yeah. like, oh, these people are so fucking stupid that if they think they don't have gout anymore, it kind of happens. She knows about that from the beginning, though. She straight up says to Horace, like, Horace, sometimes people get carried away and forget that they're sick. But you'll remember later. And he never does. He never remembers oh. later, which means that according to the show, he's healed. Yeah. Also, the last part of my notes, it just says, what the fuck? That's, that's how this show ends with my notes. <laughs> also, at, also, at some point in time here, like Dr. Quinn should probably be questioning her faith entirely because all uh, this because also remember this show does straight up say that even organized religion is there to uphold white supremacy and structural racism. That's a yep, huge yep. chunk. Like e- even the quote unquote good reverend who is doing it right is like being crazy racist right in front of Dr. Quinn's face. So at, at this point, like Dr. I, this, I used to write reviews of movies and I got to a point where like I had to do a lot of Christian movies because uh, I get stuck with that shit beat and I refuse to do it. Cause I was like, I was just writing the same review over and over and over again. And the reason why those, those movies are boring is because, when you're making stuff for Chris, for a Christian audience, you can't really show 
your main character questioning their faith at any time, despite the overwhelming evidence that they should be right halfway through this halfway through this uh like the the point that uh dr mike should come up with is oh shit all religion is bad and bullshit okay again remind you she killed she nearly killed a child sister ruth almost kills a child <laughs> Did, i have a, a brief aside do either of you guys know anybody that's ever been faith healed not no. I'm sure we know people, but no one's admitted it to us. Do you, yeah. Dan? Yeah, my um. So my grandma was faith healed by a guy who uh whose credentials as a faith healer was keeps getting struck by lightning. Um, it was like I've been struck by lightning like five times and I'm still alive. Uh, so and he like did a faith healing on her and her like hand tremors that she wouldn't stop complaining about went away. And we were all just kind of like, we're just not even going to fucking, like, talk about it. Because she won't shut up about it, but if we question it in any way, the fucking hand tremors are going to come back. So we were all just like, yeah, you got faith healed! Good job, Lightning Man! You did it! Uh, so I guess placebo effects go a long fucking way. Cool! Yeah, that's <laughs> bonus episode. That's that's Patreon shit. Just a weird thing. Uh, mostly the thing that I'm always stuck on is the guy's qualifications as a faith healer was I keep getting struck by lightning. I mean, valid. Yeah. Like, who just keeps getting struck by lightning? Something is up with that. It was like five times. He, I don't that's know. A lot. I don't know if he just loves what? hanging out in fields. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> I have to stop wearing my hat with a giant antenna on it. (laughs) Nobody. Why did anybody even buy me this hat? (laughs) Nobody in his church had the question of like, well, if there is a God, maybe you're like a super bad person. Yeah. (laughs) Being struck by lightning is like the number one sign that you're fucking up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like God's whole thing. (laughs) Since ancient times. I'm going to spin this. That's God giving you a very subtle hint. You know, he's like the definition of like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know what? If I'm going to keep getting struck by lightning, I'm going to make a commodity. Around the third lightning strike, he's like, I don't see this going away. So I'm going to get my money out of it. (laughs) Yep. Fun fact about lightning. When you get struck by lightning, the sweat in your in your body explodes and turns to steam and blows all your clothes off that's like a it's it's a recurring fact that people who are struck by lightning wake up in fucking fields completely bare ass naked like you're terminator wow. 2 like terminator 2 exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly so what that guy's qualification is just like i've been naked in so many cornfields <laughs> i've been bare ass naked let me heal your grandma <laughs> Like, I have additional questions. Like, if a guy came up to me and was like, I have been struck by lightning five times. I'm here to heal you. My first question would be like, what, where, and when? Like, I need I need to know. Okay, thank you for your qualifications. Let's dig deeper. Yeah. What, where was the school of getting struck by lightning? Please, I please give me a PowerPoint. Be, can you get as far away from me as possible? <laughs> Especially if you're outside. I would just start sprinting in the opposite direction. Cool, man. Let me just take all of my small electronic devices and move them over here (laughs) to the other side of the table. All right, man. Cool. 
Hey, can you can you go be a favor and just go walk past that microwave for me? My burrito is not quite warm enough. He gets near a Geiger counter and it starts going fucking berserk. <laughs> there we go. We made it. We pulled something out of that. <laughs> it sounded like that wasn't going anywhere, but we got something from it. Yeah. Ah, uh, content. It was one of those moments. It was one of those moments where, like, you were telling me something, and I was, like, kind of listening, yeah. and then I went back to it, and I was like, wait, he was struck five times by lightning? Yeah, <laughs> let's just edit out the long silence where you guys were like, why did you tell me that? And then I had to be like, the lightning thing, guys, the lightning thing, hone in on that. <laughs> okay, it was just, it was, it was just I really you... want to get to this next episode. Okay, okay. yeah, 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 let's go, let, let's, let's go. Let's, let's keep, let's get back on, Ah. Uh... My sister's being podcast dad this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. Okay, so this all fucking, like, comes to a head uh, after Dr. Quinn saves Johnny Cash, and then he's about to, like, walk this horse thief back, kind of like, like it's walk three. Walk the line? He's going to walk the line, exactly. <laughs> also, can I, can I just go ahead and say, I know that this is, he's, he's acting, it's a de- and they're all personas, but, like, it's, it's a bitch move to watch Johnny Cash, who wrote the lines, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die, just sit there and go, oh, no, I shot a man that doesn't have any gun. And I realize it's all bullshit, I realize it's all persona and all acting, but it's just, I, fuck this. Especially because I think at the end of this episode, he lets the guy go? Yeah. He, like, he, like... I don't understand fully what happens here. I thought it was like a 310 to Yuma situation where he like had to drag the man onto the stagecoach to go to the prison or whatever. But he's just kind of like, okay, that bullet in your arm is punishment enough. You keep on the straight and narrow path and goodbye. And then he goes off and I'm just like, motherfucker, there's still a bounty on his head. Just another guy's going to go get him now. Like you just, you just wounded him and left him and left him to the wolves. You idiot. But, do you think he's in like two more episodes? Do you think after this he's just like an accountant? Yeah, right. Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, he sh- he should have died. He should have died in this. Oh, there there is as he's walking the guy out. Uh, the guy's brothers come to kill him. And they have a showdown in the middle of town, and they're like, "Put down that gun, kid Cole. We're here to get you." And then from a a fucking balcony nearby. Like, somebody kicks open a door, and it's Dr. Quinn's oldest son, and it's Sully. And Dr. Quinn's son has a shotgun, and Sully has a bow and arrow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just so goddamn ridiculous. And then other people show up. uh, Like, the doctor, another guy has a gun, the, like, proprietor of the saloon, who's, like, a heathen, who also is a pimp, I think he might be. Like, Mm -hmm. there are prostitutes in this show. Uh, They're never said as such, but... uh, like, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of say it. It's a brothel. They, they, they brothel. The guy that runs the brothel comes out, and uh, so everybody in the town is just like, fuck this guy, and, and that happens. So there we go. Uh, it culminates. Uh, also, the reverend goes, oh, I've been a huge racist piece of shit. Of course you can get married in our church. And no one raises any objections to this. Like, it ends with them getting married, and everybody seems fine, which makes me wonder... Hey, Reverend, was there a maybe it's the Reverend? Was there yeah. actually a problem with the congregation? Or is it you? Because nobody <laughs> nobody seems to be that upset about this. Just maybe, saying. 
maybe he never asked them about it. He was like, just listen, just based off of geography, I'm assuming all these people are racist as shit. I don't I don't really I haven't had a conversation about it because like I don't want it to get weird, but you know, I'm picking I'm just going off of data. I why would I ever talk to these people? I'm only their faith leader. <laughs> I mean, he was a pretty terrible one to begin with. We've already established It's true. This. In the first scene, everyone's like, this fucking guy, shut up. Yeah. It's a dog shit priest. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And then, yeah, like at the beginning of this episode, I said, and then Michael- Dr. Quinn is like, I've learned that today that faith and science can coexist. Faith and healing can coexist. And I kind of go, is that what you learned? <laughs> All right. If that's what you so want to it- take from this. If this is the show, Mom Watch, that originated my name, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, was Mom, and you know what? I think I feel like Mom's just like, I really want my daughter to run around and have a terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to be the only person that's trying to tell people accurate things and nobody listens to her. That's all I want for my daughter. Should have named you Cassandra. This girl is going to suffer a lot of fools in her life. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That one goes. All right. So now we're going to go on to season six. Uh, We don't have a rating for this. Can we all just agree that this episode sucks? Both episodes suck. These are both both terrible. Okay. But the ending of this next one. (laughs) Yes. All right. So now we're on season six, episode 18. Birdman. Uh Michael Keaton is nowhere to be found. Heartbreaking. Uh, Neither is Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Originally airs April 18th, 1998. uh, Directed by Bethany Rooney. Let's see if Bethany Rooney's done anything else of note. I should have... Nothing. Just a bunch of TV shows. NCIS, uh, Castle, Melrose Place, Gilmore. Just just directed a bunch of TV show episodes. Uh, Also shows Mom Loved. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I'll do the one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Uh, Dr. Mike grapples with her fear for Brian's safety when he befriends a seemingly harmless but eccentric fellow who thinks he's a bird. All right, so now it's April 18th, 1998. Brian is Dr. Quinn's youngest son, uh, who is, like, 12 at this point. And this is the last season of the show. They are running out of ideas. They probably already know they've been canceled. Their heartthrob, Sully, is nowhere to be seen. Like I said before, he's on a secret mission for the government, and there's a much less interesting, handsome sh- like sheriff in town who's like... Oh, the Clint Eastwood knockoff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. The actor who plays Sully, it feels like he narrowly avoided doing porn. Like, like it was this role was his last shot to not end up doing porn in L.A. He did He did the other thing you do when you're just above doing porn, which is soap operas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a soap opera actor on, like, Guiding Light and, like, General Hospital forever. And as far as I can tell, now he just doesn't do much. He has reunited with Jane Seymour for not one, but two Hallmark Christmas movies. So mm-hmm. that's how everybody's career is going here. Brian and his older brother are out in the woods talking about Brian's science project. That he's got to do for yeah, his science class. I have class. questions. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it. So yeah, man. What? That's my question. Also, were you allowed to be creative in that time period? 
So 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 Brian is going to a, a 1867 Montessori school. Apparently. <laughs> where the teacher is is saying, "Yes, children, be loud and creative and we absolutely won't paddle you with this plank." That's not what we do here. Go forth, <laughs> learn things that aren't related to farming like, like we totally encourage. I was like, this kid's got a great growth mindset over here. <laughs> like, throwing out my teacher terms currently. I'm like, what? So, <laughs> the yeah, teacher so... is in there doing some dead poet society shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? So in the very progressive 1800s uh, school, he's got a science project due. And the science project was apparently just do a science it seems like there were yeah. no parameters or anything this. So the teacher is just like, hey, do science and then come back on Friday. So so uh, Brian and his brother are talking about Brian's science project like it's a uh, modern day middle school that's due on Friday. <laughs> and I, there's no poster board in sight. <laughs> I'm assuming the baking soda volcano hadn't been invented yet, which made this much harder. <laughs> No, you can absolutely. They they had bicarbonate of soda. They had ba- like those are the two things. They had vinegar and they had also, clay. But they hadn't realized it could be in a can volcano, we- Marty. God, we forgot. His mom is a doctor. <laughs> His day every day for him is a science project, and he's over here like, "What do I do for my science?" Pro-? I don't know. Talk to your mom. <laughs> he can't She's bring it. Surgery. He can't bring a guy into the school and then drain the fluid from his lungs. <laughs> he could be like, this is medicine. I don't know. Your mom is a scientist. Talk to her. Behold, I left some bread out. Now I have penicillin. <laughs> Who Boom. wants their smallpox cured? Come here. Come here. <laughs> Who wants to touch me? <laughs> be real popular with the ladies. Right. <laughs> But no, he's just sitting there like, what if I built a flying machine? And he's trying out his kite. It's ba- it's a fucking kite. Uh, when a man falls from the sky. Yes. Uh, a guy falls from the sky uh, who is attempting to fly. And this man's... Uh, so uh, Wearing bird wings. Yeah, he's, we- he's wearing giant bird wings. And uh, yeah, there's just an eccentric old man that lives in the forest who thinks that he's a bird. He hurts himself in the flight, so they take him home to talk to their mom, who is, as Mickey pointed out, a doctor. And it's ma- a subtle detail that can get past you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if anyone remembers that she is a doctor. Some, sometimes we get lost in there. Uh, and the man's name is Martin Chesterfield. And Mickey, I swear to God, I did not know that his name was Martin when I picked this episode. <laughs> I did not realize that that we were doing that. <laughs> it's it's very prescient that Michaela thinks that Martin is a complete dipshit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That motherfucker's talking about birds again. Oh, time to zone out for a little bit. Time to zone out for a little bit. Okay, cool. No, Marty's just like, we've talked enough about my sister. So now back to me. Yeah. (laughs) You've just described my entire friendship with him. This Marty also does the thing where while you're talking, he stares off into the distance and then just starts talking about birds. (laughs) 
All right, I'm done shit talking. Back. Somebody who okay. remembers this episode, if, go. I'm gonna say this episode actually made me really sad. Yeah. Okay. Before we do, it's, before we do, it makes me sad. Before we do plot by plot, overall impressions of this episode. Well, especially because of like my career mm-hmm. and what I do, I was really sad because I was like, oh, I mean, we'll have to talk about the ending, but it's like instead of like helping everyone except this person and like helping them understand like uniqueness in our minds and how we might see the world or like I don't know ask him about trauma or like Mm -hmm. if anything's going on with him they're like you can't be accepted in society and also I don't want you to go to an institution so be alone be free (laughs) it hints at it it hints at it every once in a while like uh Dr. Mike says something like maybe something happened to him out in the woods that made him feel this way or she makes notes of the like scars on his wrists from the shackles that they kept him in at the asylum and it's like guess what this dude lives in the in the woods and nothing has hurt him more than that so she hints at it a couple of times but no but ultimately she doesn't take that that strong of a stance for it She's kind of backed the, up against. She the never wall. does. She kind the, of. Yeah. She, I would say she probably does a, a, the best she can under these the circumstances. The two positions of this episode are: uh, should we send this guy off to an asylum? And B, wouldn't it be cool if we had a bird guy? <laughs> uh, if- <laughs> <laughs> but not even like our town. It's like, sorry, bud, you're still not welcome. You're not welcome anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't really try to like deal that or jail. Yeah. Also, that guy, whoever the protagonist, has the most punchable face I've ever seen, and I swear he probably only gets typecasted as an asshole because he has a face that anyone would want to punch. Which one? The one who's uh like at first I thought he was the mayor, but he's not the mayor because then he was like serving booze, and, and then he was a barber. Like I don't really know what this guy does, but his name is Jake, and <laughs> he's terrible. I th- okay. He's the definition okay, of who asked you. So I, I think I think I think Jake Jake is he does refer to himself as the mayor. He says that he's like has problems with like the mayor of the town. Um, I pulled up Jake. Yes, most punchable face. I am now remember. I do want to punch my computer screen right now. There's one of him uh, dressed as a woman, which <laughs> I am curious what that episode is. Jake, Jake is, I guess, the antagonist of the later episodes or whatever. But yeah, he is the the, the mayor of the town. But he's also a barber, I guess. Yeah, and a bartender. He's got he's got a lot of jobs. Jake's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, this episode also introduces a rich man whose name I think is Pruitt. He's like a fancy, well-to-do guy uh, who recognizes Martin after Dr. Quinn takes him in and gives him a shower and a shave and a haircut, recognizes him and goes, wait a minute, we've met before. You're from like a really ritzy, well-to-do family in New York. I'm going to call them. And so they, they telegraph uh, they telegraph the NYPD and this like Long Island uh, like sophisticated family. Uh, and that's how they piece together that the Birdman, whose name is Martin the Birdman, um, is a asylum escapee and also uh, from a rich, wealthy family who I think would probably be just fine to lock this dude up and do like a uh, uh, Jane Eyre situation. And to be honest, the town of Colorado Springs is treating him about the same. But yeah. over over the course of a couple of days... Uh, Dr. Mike is getting him a little closer to being 
not rehabilitated, but socialized. Uh, there's a moment where he starts to like peck at his food, and she's like, "Hey, you're part bird, part man, right? Maybe be a little bit more part man right now." And he goes, "Oh yeah, okay, sure." They no, I, I she wants a community, and he wants a family, and he's he's finding family among the birds because that keeps him the safest, and she's being his family, and then at the end, it's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> The town acts like this guy who thinks he's a bird is the most dangerous thing ever. Where they're like, yeah. like they, it's not like he thinks he's a bear. He just thinks he's a bird, and they act like he came in with an AK forty-seven strapped oh, to each arm. They're, they're terrified at the fact that he, like, okay, this guy is vegan, pretty much. Yeah, he won't eat eggs or meat, and they're like, how dare he protect these eggs? Like, he's just vegan. Yeah. <laughs> He, he does. He wakes him up in the morning by like perching up and whistling from the uh, from the perch. Which, just to be clear, in bird language, he's up there going sex, 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 please, sex, yeah. please, sex, <laughs> sex, please, sex. But no, okay, whatever. We'll we'll put that aside. He's up. There's a very he's just cute... a simple roof pervert. Every town <laughs> has them. <laughs> Compare these two episodes, though. Compare the belief system of these two fucking episodes. Because both of these episodes are another person coming to town, are about delusional people coming to town, right? Is this guy thinks he's a he's part bird uh, any more, any stranger than this woman thinks that she can heal people with God? Those two things should be treated equally. Hell, if anything, there's more evidence to the idea that Martin is part bird because he does accurately predict the wind patterns of the town. Like he yeah, is he shown observed. to be able. To... Yeah, he's using he's using science. Yeah, and Sister Ruth is a more pressing danger because she's confiscating people's medicine. He just really likes feathers. She almost actually killed someone. Yes, we a child. <laughs> we cannot emphasize enough that she nearly kills a child. With a, he just wants to not eat eggs and build a nest. He could not be less of an issue. Like he's, you could just, he could just be around, and it would be. He could no maybe problem. be the science teacher. And actually, give science. Yes, a parameter. That's that's the other part of this, by the way, is that uh, he is helping Brian with his science project, which is to build a flying machine. And there's, there's like another, this is another thing that talks about like faith in the most strange of it, it's a, it's another faith versus science episode or faith and science working together episode, but it does it in the most strange ass backwards ways, essentially, uh, where like they're trying to put together this flying machine, this kite, uh, and, Brian's like at some point, like maybe I should just give up or whatever. And uh, I would say it's more like an airplane because they mm -hmm. do not so much a kite. They do make a reference to the Wright brothers at the end for some, for reason. some reason. And it's it's all and then it's all about like things don't always work out the first time. Apparently, was the motto of that 
or the message we were supposed to receive. Did not receive that. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they do I... talk about like the the lift problem and things like this. And there's a good I... message where Birdman is going. Is, I'm just gonna call him Birdman. Says like scientific endeavors have come from failure. Keep trying. Keep going. But also, he never actually says like we need to learn from the mistakes. Whatever. Dan, you've got something. Dan looks like he's about to die. <laughs> I before I I like they mentioned the Wright brothers. I there was a period where I thought his family was going to be the Wright brothers. <laughs> I thought they were going to I do that batshit twist where like the Wright brothers are going to show and be like, "Come on, Dad, <laughs> come tell us your crazy stories about how a man can fly." Okay, that would have been Why a better ending end with him flying off. I think it should have ended with him literally flying over the town. <laughs> that would have been great. I, I I think it should have had the ending from the movie Birdman. I think it should have ended with him jumping out a window and Emma Stone appears and looks around. <laughs> I thought you meant shooting himself in the face. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just such not he's not an issue in any way. At one point, he breaks into a building to retrieve his nest. It's was hair. That what it was? It's hair. His hair. His hair. So he can continue building his nest. And people are like, he broke into the barber shop. We're all fucked. Also, what a drama queen. He's like, he's going to tie me up and slit my throat. Okay, Jake. Yeah. Chill out, buddy. Also, what? <laughs> also, Jake, you, you talked about you his. You have con- a gun. <laughs> I've been contemplating Jake's face since you said how punchable it was. Uh, he looks like a failed attempt to create Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, he. It's I. The minute that he walked onto the screen, I was like, I would punch that face. Yeah, he looks evil, and that's the only reason he has that role. It, His lines are terrible. He's a terrible actor. He just was born with the most punchable face. His face just looks like every in between every single scene, he's foreclosing on someone's house. <laughs> it makes the casting director's job so easy when like a guy just walks on set and is like. Hey, I'm Steve Williams auditioning for the role. Fuck this guy. Fuck you. Yeah. I hate your face. You got the job. <laughs> he really wanted to be the sheriff, and instead he got Jake. <laughs> Midway through the audition, a producer threw a chair at him. Just as casting directors, just like, you've got the job, get out of my face, or I will choke you out. <laughs> just digging his fingernails into the ta- into the table they're sitting at. I hate looking at you so much. You're so perfect. <laughs> but it also means that they didn't actually hear him read the lines, which explains the rest of the fucking performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, this episode, it just, yeah. And then at the very end, can I just yeah. say, he... He doesn't even, he's like, hold on, let me fix this, Dr. Quinn's son. Let me fix your flying machine, your airplane. And all he does is tie something to it. He yeah. puts a ribbon on it, and then it flies. Like that the tail of a kite. Completely, that completely <laughs> <missed> <laughs> and then he just hides behind a bush. He disappears, and I was like, oh, he's just hiding behind a bush for this family to leave. He's just like, let me be a bird. Yeah. You know, you know how all airplanes have giant, like, flags tied to the back? That's a row of flags and yeah. ribbons behind every single airplane? I just watched the movie Nope last night, so minor spoilers here. That's so they don't get eaten by aliens. Uh, yeah. So it, it, how does it end again? Does he just continue being a bird man yeah, out they, in the they, wild? They, what they, the fuck goes down? The, 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 well, the, hold on. They lock him up in jail. Yeah. 
for breaking into the barbershop, which apparently was a threat, even though it looks like you can literally knock down every single one of those houses. <laughs> like, I, like anyone could just walk in at any time. <laughs> like, you, 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 you just become an accidental Kool-Aid man every time you, like, trip over your shoelaces. <laughs> yes. So he's in there. He's just like, I want my hair. And Jake's like, you're going to slit my throat. You have a gun, Jake. And you're like 10 feet away. He, Okay. Calm down, drama queen. And then they just take him to jail. This is the Wild West. One of people's top three hobbies is throwing people through windows. This guy could not be less danger, especially for the time period. So he's so he's in it, jail. This episode's kind of just like, why is this an episode? <laughs> so he's so he's in jail, and we have now put in calls. People in the town have put in telegrams to the asylum or to the NYPD and to uh, his family. So everyone knows who this guy is, and his family are coming to lock him away. Uh, and Doctor Mike is like, "Ah, oh, if there was only something I could do, maybe I can talk to your doctor and convince your the the doctor that's coming from New York." And convince them. Which she doesn't even get a chance to try this. She doesn't even get mm-hmm. to try to convince the doctor to release him into like her custody or whatever. Because before she gets a chance to do that, the sheriff is just like, hey, hey, Dr. Quinn's older son. I'm not saying there's a spare key or anything. But I'm going to look the other way for about 20 minutes. And that's it. They just let him go. They just let him out of jail. And then he returns to the woods and probably dies. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, instead of being like, hey, townspeople, like, get your shit together. He's, you know, she, I mean, she tries, but like, at the same time, like, the best option in this was, see you later, you don't fit in anywhere. (laughs) She ultimately doesn't do anything in the conclusion of the episode, does she? Like, she says that she's going to talk to the doctor, but she doesn't get a chance to. So ultimately, like, Dr. Quinn has zero agency or bearing on the end of this episode dr quinn let a man go who needs help and support and was just like send for yourself (laughs) go die in the woods go die in the woods (laughs) like the dying in the woods of starvation can't is is way less traumatizing than sending you back to the asylum and that's all i got for you kid so (laughs) go later go out into the woods and dress like an animal of prey (laughs) go (laughs) get immediately mauled by a fucking bear the second you're off camera (laughs) and then yeah and then as as the plane that they built together flies for a little bit. I mean, it does eventually come to the ground, so I don't know what their what their goal was here. But then we do get a little, like, there's there's a title, and Jane Seymour reads a voiceover that's like, two bicycle shop brothers, uh, owners named the Wright Brothers, began experimenting with flying machines, and they never really worked. But if they tried hard enough and stuck with it, now we have airplanes. <laughs> what? What? Okay. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Thanks. I, I thought, yeah, this whole episode was not about the flying machine. Yeah, no one cares cool. about that, Jane. <laughs> There's a man who thinks he can lay eggs. <laughs> it should have been like, if anyone you know needs help or support, please call. Instead, it was the Wright brothers. They never gave up, and neither should you. Which is a terrible message to send when you spent the past 45 minutes with a man who is delusional. When you are talking about human beings who, ex- who have different planes of reality in their brains, you should not tell them to never give up. 
That's the exact opposite <laughs> message you should send. It's like, this, okay, this show always starts off really good. It's like Jane Seymour, like Dr. Quinn. She's like, I'm on this. I'm a badass. Look at me. Like, I'm really helping him. And then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, there's too many men in this town. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm outnumbered. <laughs> See you later. I, Said my piece, and I can't do anything else. Only it, one doctor here, and I'm a woman, so peace out. It, I I feel like that's the overarching thrust of the show is just her like one going from scene to scene, being like, "Would everybody stop being fucking stupid for five goddamn seconds?" And everybody's nope, going, "Okay, yeah, okay, all right, fuck me, I guess. All right, bye." And then at the end, the situation just almost resolves itself, and she's like. She, this is the best I'm gonna get. I hope to God that She's this over- this series ends with like Mike and Sully moving to like Los Angeles. Also, I just realized yeah, that I- they have the same names as the main characters in Monsters Inc. <laughs> <laughs> they totally. I do. hope that Mike and Sully like say fuck this town and move to L.A. Like, <laughs> I mean. Dr. Mike is literally over here like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to get them to see me as a doctor or like a person. I don't even think I can vote. So <laughs> good luck with that. They're, they're... I'm trying to teach these people what influenza is. So the bird man <laughs> is pretty low on my priorities. I, I didn't even take away that the lesson of this episode is like, all right, so if your uncle keeps wearing a fake beak and jerking off on the eggs, just release him into the woods. <laughs> just, just call of the wild your mentally ill family members. Just let them go. <laughs> just let him go. Just let him go. Yeah. If, let them go into the woods. If they, if they don't return, they were never yours. Fuck. It's... <laughs> Is your family having a manic episode? Just send them into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I would that like should be like that that should be like a companion to Dr. Phil of just like listen, we're all overthinking it. All of your mental health concerns can be solved by releasing them into the forest. I think that's a thing and yeah. people have trauma from it. <laughs> What? Yeah, that was that was the plot of uh, like that was the plot of Into the Wild. That was a true story. Like Emil Hirsch was in that, and then you die in the woods, and then he dies in the woods. Also, there's like con- like I guess like conversion camps, but like also like camps that like people send their kids who are having like a mental health crisis into the woods, and they leave them there, and then they come out, and they're like, we have a ton of trauma from you just taking me from my house and telling me to live in the woods. Hey guys, so this shit got traction. <laughs> Hey guys, are you sad sometimes? You sad about your life? Have you considered just walking into the forest and just lying down and just becoming one with the trees? Have you visited Pandora? What if what if like you had the ad with that little circle guy that's depressed and he's hopping along but instead of re- uh, recommending an antidepressant at the end it was like throw him into the forest. Yes. And I- Okay, I want to stop and phrase. I know we're making jokes, but like, take a walk in the forest, go for a hike, but don't send your friend who's having a crisis to just live there because they don't fit in with society. <laughs> well, so Dr. I'm... Quinn wasn't even like, Dr. Quinn wasn't even like, let's, let's, you know, take a few, let's do some breath work. Let's, <laughs> let's think about this for a moment. She was just like, you're better off there, kid. I got nothing else for you. Son, I took a couple cracks at your depression. 
you're the bear's problem now. They'll raise you. <laughs> can, can I? Yep, that's the whole show. All right, let, let's wrap this up. Mickey, we've 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 probably asked this question, but now that we've talked about this for like an hour and a half, how do you feel about being named after Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Uh, I don't know. I have like strange feelings about it. I, I think I feel where mom was going, but it's a terrible show. So thanks, mom. <laughs> Uh, uh, feels like something you're gonna have to make some phone calls about. Let's let's, yeah. <laughs> let's let's be fair to a pregnant woman in the early '90s. I feel like she had a lot going on and did not think too critically about what was going on, what was happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, I kind of get it. Like, she's a female doctor, and mom also mom is also from Colorado. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a female doctor in Colorado who is progressive and is like, I'm a female doctor. Listen to me. And she was having a daughter. So on those premises, I do understand like wanting to name me Michaela. Also, they just say that name a thousand times. So depending on which parent you ask, I may or may not be named after a Mel Gibson character. So (laughs) I'm named after the bad guy from naked gun. So, you know, we all have our crosses to bear. I think parents or like families, especially like maybe our parents, are just like they're just like great. I'm having a kid. We need a name. That one sounds good. <laughs> and then no, but nobody calls me Michaela. Like they choose everyone their, proceeded to call me. Mickey. They choose their kids' names the like, way that I choose a candy bar at the checkout stand. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to the world, Payday Schneider. <laughs> Join your brother, Three Musketeers. What it always is is they spend six months arguing over a name, get down to the wire, and be like, "Fuck, we still have not figured it out," and th- it, it it's coming out of there. So they're just like, "I don't know what's on television right now." All right, so Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, I I'm mad about this show. I'm mad because I wanted to give it a fair shot. I wanted to like, I wanted to like it. I would like, I wanted to walk away going, "All right, it's fine, whatever." Instead, I'm just pissed. The, the 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 ending of the Sister Ruth is one of the most cowardly things I've ever seen a TV show do, and that's it. I and, and I mean, for for the the year that it came out, though, like when it's happening, like what other shows were on at the time? That's a good question. Mm. Let me type in. Like, I feel like for its time period, it was trying its darndest. I mean, to it was trying as hard as it could sh- as it could on fucking uh, on CBS, ABC on C- or, or CBS. CBS. Yeah. Uh, top shows of 1993. Uh, top rated U.S. TV programs of 93-94. Home Improvement. <laughs> Seinfeld. Seinfeld came out that year. Roseanne, which was also like Roseanne was doing. Like okay, like, Roseanne okay. was doing like then, like yeah. really progressive stuff actually. Uh, yeah, Grace you Under Fire, named which is... after Roseanne. By the way, I, I was wondering about this uh, in in the ninety three ninety four TV series. Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, shows up like twenty fifth in the ratings. So I don't even think it was that popular. It was well behind uh, like Seinfeld, Roseanne. Let's see if I can find Murphy Brown is probably the closest uh, thing. So it's a niche group of people watching. It's a Dr. niche Quinn. group of people, but like it grew long enough that like the the niche group of people that watching Doctor Quinn became the people who run 
all of television now. They got everything. They 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 seeded that territory, and now they have entire networks of their own. So great, cool. I think that's about gonna, that's about going to wrap us up here. Uh, normally, this is where I I plug our social media stuff, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, go visit our Patreon and give us money dollars. Eight dollars a month gets you uh, extended episodes like this one, bonus content, and access to our Discord, and all sorts of other fun goodies. Mickey, do you have anything you want to like plug or promote or anything? No, I don't plug or promote anything. That's good. My sister used this space to complain about public transit in Boston if you want to do something like that. Respect teachers. Yeah. Be nice to them. Vote for education system. There we go. Mm -hmm. Fund communities. (laughs) Good messages to, to, I think, our our audience. Uh, You heard it here, folks. Dan, are we done with our series? For now, I think we're, we're going. I think we're going back. We're going back to Mayberry. That was the thing. It, it's it's twelve twenty nine right now, and we said we'd go back to Mayberry in the in the new year. So next time you see us, we'll be back in fucking Mayberry again. Parental control has been a blast. So has Backdoor Lovers. I was very skeptical of doing both at the same time, but uh, it worked out really well. And uh, let us know in our you know in all the different ways to contact us, including sending us an email at breakingmayberry at gmail.com. What you think? What you, uh, what you'd like to see us miniseries next time? In the meantime, I guess I'll say it this time. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. Mm-hmm.